Hi everybody, this is Lori Weaver. Welcome to Compulsive Overeating Diary, day 76. It's now been 32 weeks exactly since I began this experiment where I talk about my thoughts and feelings about compulsive overeating rather than heading for the chips. And today should be a pretty good day. It's very, very hot. It's a super hot day here in Southern California. And so I came down to sit under the tree at my podcast rock because it's just too darn hot, even first thing in the morning to go hiking or even to go wandering around at Descanso Gardens. I was thinking about that. It's been a while since I've been to my dry river bed over at Descanso, but as I said, it's just too hot. So what we're going to do today after we listen to our inspirational snippet of I'm Letting Go by Josh Woodward, I'm going to have a few brief announcements, including the two ways that you can support this show. Also, Stephanie from Quebec has a comment on day 74, welcoming our new brave companions and letting us know how we did discussing her last secret topic. And last show, I shared with you a couple of clips of my first singing lesson. <laughs> Hear my voice crack, my first singing lesson and my first voice acting lesson. And several brave companions took the time to send me encouraging thoughts to let me know how you felt about hearing my singing and my acting, including Fiona, who actually called the Bravery Hotline to give me her singing teacher's opinion, because Fiona is a singing teacher. And Helen made my day by sending another joke to Foolish Fun. Last but not least, we're going to wrap up the show. Donnie and I use Skype to chat about intuitive eating and more surprises. So stay tuned while we listen to Josh and find out what to let go of today. But I'm letting go, I'm letting go. It's a history that never really grows. I'm letting go, I'm letting go. It's a silent wind never really blows. I'm letting go. Thank you, Josh. I'm so happy to listen to you today here under the tree while I'm thinking about what should I let go. And I have to be honest with you, brave companions, the last week or two has been very tough on me emotionally. It's not just the bravery and doing these new things, but I've just had a few situations that are a little too personal to really be talking about on the podcast, but I've been having some tough emotional roads to hoe, just some things that have been going through my mind and things that I've been struggling with. And so it's really been kind of a weird, best of times, worst of times week. And what comes to mind when I'm listening to Josh today is I really need to let go of isolation, feeling alone, and my tendency just to be alone with my sadness, alone with my thoughts. Because as you could tell from last show, that was pretty fun. It was all kind of like good news, feel good, fun things happening. And that's kind of was easy to do, you know, put on your smiley face, talk about how excited you are about doing these fun things. And I was, none of that was a lie. But in the midst of doing all these fun things, I was having some tough emotional things going on, just some tough stuff that I have to work through. And I don't really want to talk about that for two reasons. One, it's too personal to be talking about on a podcast. And also, it is harder for me to come on this show 
and share with you stuff like I feel fatter or this isn't going well or I totally screwed up. Things that are quote unquote failure related. Things that make me feel not good enough. Now you think after all these months, I mean 32 weeks is quite a few months and weeks of talking to you, you'd think it would be getting easier. Well, it isn't easier. It's not even easier talking to my therapist. You know, those of you that have been to therapy or in therapy might know what I mean. There's some things that are easy to talk about and other things that are not easy to talk about. And part of that might be that it's stuff that you haven't wanted to think about yourself. And that's one of the reasons why we covered up with food or drinking or spending or gambling, as Cheryl said last time. We cover up some of our uncomfortable feelings. And part of this feeling of wanting to isolate, I think, is from an old days of protection. You know, when I'd be out in the world, there'd be a lot of bullying going on, a lot of people not understanding me, a lot of people who made it feel like I was bothering them if I shared my problems with them. So I learned at a fairly young age to slap on that smiley face and pretend that everything is okay, even when it isn't. And right now I'm kind of in a holding pattern and I am okay, but I've really been having to look at all kinds of relationships in my life, just all kinds of relationships from early on through today and think about what was my behavior in those relationships? How did I cause some of them to disappear? What have I been doing lately to become better? Kind of taking some hard, cold look at myself. And it's not just the mirror that might show you that your tummy looks a little bigger than you would like in your mind. But when you look at your own behavior in a brave and truthful manner and you really let yourself sit with that, like, hey, you know, a lot of times it isn't me. A lot of times it's other people's reaction to me that I'm taking in. But sometimes, brave companions, it is me. Sometimes my own behavior has contributed to things that put me in a sad place or in a place that is not quite as good as I wish I was in or wish I were in. I forget which way is right. I hope my other friend, Sandy, the copy editor, isn't listening to my grammar because when she would edit my writing, she would spend many, many hours explaining to me when it is were and when it is was and if and other and other grammar things. But I'm getting off the point. The point is, the last few weeks I've been having a really good time, but I've also had this horrible time. I've been having this emotional hell fest of terrible emotional junk that has been probably down in my inner self from the time I was a little kid all the way through now. And it's almost like I took my blinders off and I actually see some things from a different angle and see some things more clearly. And in some cases, I like what I see and it all makes sense. But in other cases, I don't like what I see and I feel some pain and grief and loss and shame and other feelings that I need to work through. And it's been tough. It's been tough because I really don't want to talk to Mark about all this because Mark doesn't want to hear, you know, my endless grief stories. That's what my therapist is for. And I do make use of my therapy and I do that. And I don't really want to come on this show and, and tell you everything in detail either for all the reasons I said before. So there I am. Where am I? 
what should I be doing? This is a hard thing. I could be like Cheryl and try writing my feelings down, and I've done that somewhat, but it doesn't really give me the same feeling of relief. Now, going to therapy, that does help, but it's not quite the same thing, you know, because therapy is a directed kind of activity and that person is there to help you and it does help, but it's not quite the same thing as letting your hair down. Now in the past, I had my friend Marie who moved to the East Coast a few years ago and I've talked about her before. We used to go walk around the, the Rose Bowl and we let our hair down and kind of talk about some of these things and she was sort of my emotional friend who we could share with each other. Well. I don't really have the same kind of emotional friend as handy for me as I did when I was at work and working regularly with my work friend Marie, who is also my life friend Marie. And we used to go talk about these things in a friendship type way. So I realized that part of my grief is I'm really kind of grieving having that long time friend relationship with somebody who's there kind of when you need them. Because I do have friends that will listen to me now. Yes, I do. But you know what I mean? It's different for someone who's been your friend for quite some time and is regularly in your life. You know, when you have a work friend who's also your personal friend, you see them every day or almost every day, right? You're in each other's orbit. So it's easy and kind of natural to say, hey, can I talk to you? What day's good for you? Whereas when friends are like the ones that I meet, like Max at the voiceover group, or what, for one thing, Max is a young man, and I'm certainly not going to let my hair down about my emotional crap to him. We talk about voiceover. <laughs> That's his role. You know, I have other friends that I've met recently or have had over time, but they're more now and again friends, people that you see every once in a while. And when you call them up, what you want to say to them or things like, hey, do you want to meet for coffee? But if you haven't seen each other for some months, you don't want to go meet for coffee and then say, oh, and here's this crappy thing and that crappy thing and this crappy thing. So brave companions, I hope this isn't too confusing, but I realize that probably what I need to do on my to-do list is to make it my business to get out in the world a little bit more and try to meet some more people to see if I will develop that relationship like I had with my friend Marie, where we see each other enough that on these bad times, it would actually be appropriate to say, hey, can we go for a walk and talk about these bad things? You know, and there's a couple that, that I think are approaching that level. It's just not there yet. And anyway, I'm feeling kind of sad because I want to be reaching out. I'm feeling kind of glad because now I know the difference about when is it appropriate really to be spilling your guts and when isn't it appropriate. And I guess I'm feeling a little bit better now because I have in my mind some of the things that maybe I need to do in order to develop friendships at a deeper level instead of staying so safe on the surface or isolating myself by not contacting people very often and kind of ensuring that I don't need to talk about anything deep. I think now that we're talking about it right now, Brave Companions, this is really helpful. I think I have on purpose 
let people go so I don't have to talk about what's really going on with me. And that's something I think I need to let go of today. It's time for announcements. And my first one, Alan Standish texted me today about a cool movie that he thought I would like called I Know That Voice. And I texted him back because I have seen that movie and it's on Netflix and I really do like it. It's all about voiceover people, voices that you would know, like the guy that plays Bender, Bender in Futurama. And if you watch this movie, you'll get a chance to see what voice acting is like and hear from the voice actors themselves. It is really fun. So I'll put this link on today's show notes on day 76. And it gave me an idea because Cheryl and I over on our Spark People group, we're up to 17 members now and we'd love for more of you to come over. We talk about books sometimes or what we see on TV, like Cheryl and I watched So You Think You Can Dance all this season and commented back and forth about it. I think it might be fun if you brave companions have a movie that you really like that's on Netflix or a cool YouTube video, like what Sue's posted to me on Facebook. She sent me some good songs and things, but let me know. And we can have maybe a new feature, like cool movies and books or cool stuff to see or do, something like that. But anyhow, again, the movie on Netflix is called I Know That Voice, and I'll post the link to it. Also, last episode, I let you know that Max's segment on 2020 was delayed. Well, it showed last Friday. So if you missed that, you can go to abc.com and look up the 2020 show that aired on 9-12 of this year, 14, again, September 12th. 2014 and Max did a segment all about the trials of being a barista and they showed a little tiny bit of his cool video so I'll post the link to the show I'll post the link to his video if you haven't seen his cool video go watch it and then enjoy seeing my young friend Max on national television talking about being a barista on 2020 next up I want to mention the two ways you can support the show and I bet you're saying, oh, I know what those are. Buy you coffee, go to Amazon. Well, you're half right. One way you can support the show is financially. And believe me, it does make a difference and it really helps me out. And one way that you can support the show financially is by coming to compulsiveovereatingdiary.com and clicking the buy me cups of coffee button, or you can subscribe to support me monthly. Or if you go to Amazon, go to compulsiveovereatingdiary.com slash Amazon and that will take you to links to the Amazon store. When you buy stuff through my links, it does not cost you any more than it would have cost you to go directly to Amazon, but it does give me a few cents to help support the show. But the second way that you can support the show is by however you listen to this podcast, if it's on Stitcher, if it's on iTunes, if it's on some kind of place where you can put a like or a review or a rating all of that helps the show to be found by new folks. So I would really appreciate it if in the next week or two, if you've got a minute, wherever you're listening, if there's a way to give it some stars or to write your opinion or to follow me or give it a like, anything you can do, I would appreciate it because that does really help the show get found. Well, that's all the announcements for today. On to our comments on day 74 and 75. First up, Stephanie from Quebec on day 74 writes, 
Hi, BCs. Thanks for all of the great insight on fullness and emptiness. Listening to Lori's reply and reading this thread sends an echo to my own story. Marquita, I just heard you on day 75. You are brave, and girl, can I ever binge on peanut butter and Nutella, both on the same toast. So I hear you, XX. Cheryl, I am carrying that Shakespeare quote in my mind for a while. It's very, it's very powerful. Welcome to the community, Sophie. And Donnie, I feel you. If only we could turn that to-do list off. Stephanie, XX. And one thing I especially like about Stephanie's comment on day 74 is some of those things are going, what the heck is she talking about? Stephanie is replying to the comments that exist on day 74. So if you're a listener and you've never come to the show notes, give it a try. Come to one of the shows that you like. And if you are on the computer on the top right-hand side of your screen, you will see the episode menu. If you are on a tablet or on a phone, if you scroll down just underneath the episodes, it's the first widget is select an episode. Select any one. Read those show notes. You will see all the comments at the bottom. And it's really fun to see the comment conversations and how they go forward. Speaking of comments, on day 75, I got loads of encouragement for my bravery for letting you hear my singing and voice acting lessons. First up comes from Brave Companion Sandy. Sandy says, I agree with Vicki, your new singing teacher and my dear friend, that you do have good pitch. My goodness, I am so glad you had a great experience and I want to encourage you to continue this wonderful journey of self-expression. My reply, ah shucks. Thanks, Sandy. I never would have had the nerve without you, and I sang much better than I thought I ever would, especially since I was so nervous. But Vicki is a wonderful teacher, and I'm looking forward to learning more. Hugs, hugs, hugs for helping me get over my singing phobia. I feel that I can find a choir someday and actually have singing as a part of my public life now. Then Cheryl encourages me, tells us some musical trivia, and supports Marquita, who called the Bravery Hotline last episode, as Stephanie had alluded to in her comment. Cheryl says, What a fun episode! Lori, that voice acting lesson was amazing! You sounded very professional for a first lesson. And then you sang one of my favorite songs from Cinderella. You sounded pretty darn good. Leslie Ann Warren would be proud of you, and so am I. I'm going to butt into her comment for a minute. Leslie Ann Warren did a televised version in the U.S. of Cinderella. I think it might have been like in 1964 or 65. But she was a beautiful Cinderella. And that's a great thing. So if you can find that online, Leslie Ann Warren and Cinderella, go watch that. It's pretty cool. Anyway, back to Cheryl's comment. A bit of trivia for the day since I'm guessing you like Cinderella. The words for loneliness of evening that the prince sings in Cinderella were originally intended to be used in South Pacific. Emile de Bex was supposed to sing it, but for some reason, can't remember what it was, they didn't use the song or didn't write the music for it. But the words from the song are the words in Emile's note to Nellie given to her during the program for the Seabees. Cool, eh? Now, at some later date, I fully expect to hear you sing Impossible is Possible on the podcast because you have proven that anything is possible. So get to practicing, gal. Marquita, I laughed right out loud listening to your story about going back and back again to your jar just to take a little bit more and then realizing how much you had eaten. I blushed like crazy because I recently did the very same thing. But my culprit was a bottle of Hershey's chocolate syrup. 
I was so sick afterwards. Thank God the bottle was only half full to begin with, laughing out loud. We are all so much alike. And then brave companion Fiona went the extra step and called the bravery hotline to tell me what she thought of my singing. Hi, Lori. This is Fiona. I am calling in to the Bravery Hotline for the first time, and I'm very, very nervous. I'm really a perfectionist, and I actually considered writing an outline for my message. Um, but I'm trying to be brave and uh, not, not overthink it too much. Um, I just really wanted to call in because I just listened to episode 75 um, about your voice acting and singing classes. And I am just so incredibly happy that you faced your fears and, you know, went for it. I mean, listening to your recordings of both the voice acting and the singing were just so fun. I mean, you were obviously very, very excited about the experience. And I mean, I just couldn't believe how well you did in the in the singing class. I mean... You know, as I said on my other messages to you, um, I am a singer myself, and, and I have a degree in voice. And listening to that recording of you with your voice teacher just brought me right back to my first day, you know, my first voice lesson where I was just so nervous and so worried about making a mistake. And, you know, <laughs> it's, it's just quite amazing because, you know, a few years later, I, I was able to really see my progress. And let me tell you, Lori, if you stick with it and you keep practicing, I think you're going to be really impressed at how far you can go uh, with your vocal ability. So, you know, best of luck to you. Keep going. And um, I love listening to the podcast. All right. Take care. Bye. Thanks, Fiona. I so appreciate all of your support here on Facebook and for giving me that wonderful call that I can listen to over and over when I'm feeling self-doubt about my singing abilities. We'll wrap up the comments where we began with Stephanie from Quebec on day 75. She gives one that is short and sweet. Stephanie says, great braveries that resulted in success plus a fun episode. So speaking of fun, the wonderful Helen from the UK cheered me up in my downness, even though she didn't know it, by sending in another joke for foolish fun. <laughs> Lori presents Foolish Fun. <laughs> the feature where messing up is just part of the act. <laughs> Hello, Lobby. This is Helen taking part in Foolish Fun again. So, what stays in the corner and travels all over the world? A stamp. <laughs> Thank you. And if you love to be foolish too, call the Bravery Hotline and get your silly Nothing, and I mean nothing, cheers me up when I'm down better than a foolish fun call. So, brave companions, if you feel like being foolish, 
Call the Bravery Hotline, use SpeakPipe, or check out ways to send audio on the website. Any joke, song, giggle, anything you think is silly or fun will do. Names, as always, are completely optional. Now to wrap up our show today, last night Brave Companion Donnie and I had a grand experiment and used Skype to chat about intuitive eating. And this is how it turned out. Hey Brave Companions, Donnie is on the Skype with me. We're going to experiment to see if we can have a conversation I can stick into the show. So I have my new call recording software going, also with a different mic that I'm using in studio today to see if I can get a little better sound. In the past, Donnie, I've gotten good sound from anyone I've called on Skype, but my own sound has been almost unusable. So I've been fooling around with different settings to see if I can come up with a, a setup where I can have conversations with people like yourself. Sweet. Yeah. So I'm really interested to hear about your experiences with intuitive eating because you said you've been doing a little bit more of it lately. Yeah. And actually, it's pretty ironic that we would talk today because today was a super day and I had super experiences with intuitive eating that are kind of new for me. Oh, cool. Like what happened? Well, like I went out to eat two times in one day. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen very often. But um, my husband took me out for breakfast and I ate like half of my meal and I was satisfied. Like I was full. I was satisfied. And so I put it in a container to bring it home. And actually, when I ordered my food, it came with two very large pancakes. And I right away asked for a to-go box because I knew... I didn't need two pancakes, first of all, but I just knew myself mm -hmm. enough to know that I probably wouldn't eat them both. So when she brought me the to-go box and I put one of the pancakes in there, well, as I was eating my food, I only got through half of the rest of my food, and I was like, wow, I'm pretty okay. And so I put it in the to-go box, and I felt elated. I felt empowered that I saved half my food, and I felt good that I was only half – I wasn't too full. Yeah. It, it made me feel good. It was like I was a little bit light. Like I, it made me feel good to just be lighter on my, in my stomach. You know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't too full. So I found that too. It's really different in the past. Like when I was following a food plan or different food plans, I might have put half my food in a box to take home, but it was because I knew that I was supposed to do that. I wasn't doing it because I thought, how do I feel or how hungry am I or what do I want to eat? I would, I might be eating the same amount, but it would be because I was following a diet. And that right. had a very different feeling to me in my, my rebellious mind than to eat the same amount because that's what I feel like eating, if that makes sense. Right. And see, what usually happens to me, I would do the same thing that mm -hmm. you're saying. I'd bring it home because I felt like that's what I was supposed to do. But as soon as I would get home, it would talk to me. Mm-hmm. It w I could hear my refrigerator, Donnie, Donnie, and I would just eat it compulsively because it was my food and I wanted it, and I would obsess about it because it was in there. And I'll tell you something about two weeks ago, my husband and I had went out to eat, and this same thing, because I just really embarked on this in mm -hmm. the past month or so and got serious about it. But about two weeks ago, we went, and I put it in a box, and my husband said, I don't know why you're doing that. As soon as you get home, you're going to eat it. And I said to him, well, if I do, I do. But right now I've had enough and, and I don't want to eat it right now. That is just what I showed him. He, yeah. I had taught him that. And he's like, well, you may as well just eat it right now, Donnie. As soon as you get home, you're going to eat it. Right. And I, 
I think for him too, he was surprised because I didn't, I didn't end up eating it until breakfast the next day, which it was dinner food. But when I woke up for breakfast, that's what I was craving. If it wasn't in the fridge, would I have craved dinner food? Probably not. But intuitive eating, eat what you crave, eat what you really, really want. It's what I wanted. But that kind of woke me up a little bit when my husband said, you may as well just eat that right now because you know, as soon as you're going to get home, you're going to eat it anyways. And when I explained it to him and he was receptive to it, he wasn't trying to be mean or anything. Right. He was just stating the facts. Right. You're just going to, cause that was my habit. That was my pattern. That's what I had always done. So it was, it's weird. This, this is all new to me. It's just weird eating until I'm satisfied, but I really like not feeling too full. You know, I agree with you on that one. I, but I have noticed as I move forward with my own journey is that different days and different times I will want to be more full and some of it is still emotionally based and some of it's physically based because we still have the same impulses that go around. Today was a carbo load day for me. I craved carbs all day today. I ate pancakes for breakfast yeah. and I ate pancakes for lunch, which part of the pancake <laughs> thing is because that was one of the forbidden foods. And now it's not forbidden. So I think that I'm yes. craving them because I can. And in that intuitive eating book that you recommended, plus I read, I'm in the process of reading through mm -hmm. all Janine Roth. I don't know if you're familiar with yes. her. She rocks. Yes. But a lot of her stuff, I mean, she talks about eating raw cookie dough balls for like two weeks straight. Pretty soon you get tired of it. So I'm hoping that the pancake tired outness comes soon. But even if it doesn't, I love pancakes and I'm not overeating pancakes, but Today was definitely a, a carb-craving day. I work out heavy on Saturdays. I do a lot of cardio, and I strength train. So I'm wondering if there's some kind of something to do with that on Sunday because it seems like the last couple Sundays I have been hungrier and more craving carb uh, comforty type foods. You know, that's how I found it too, is I eat the most on the day after a heavy workout. Like if I do a lot of miles on the bike, especially hill work, I eat like a fiend the next day. <laughs> I am starving to death. Right. And on Mondays, Mondays, I am usually not very hungry. And I used to equate that to the fact that I just got off the weekend. I usually don't have much of a routine on the weekends. Sundays, I, I walk about for like 90 minutes, and that's all I do on Sunday morning. And then Sunday's usually kind of a, a little bit of house chores, a little bit of this, just kind of more of a lackadaisical kind of day. Well, before, I used to just think that I didn't eat a lot on Mondays because it's the start of the week. I'm really busy. I'm back to work. It's, you know, refocused routine schedule. But now I'm starting to pay attention, and I wonder if it's because, A, I'm carbo-loading on Sundays because of my Saturday workout, so that makes me less hungry on Monday, and B, I don't work out very much on Sunday, so I wonder if that's why I'm not very hungry on Monday. It definitely could be. It's weird. And before you, I never paid attention to these things, and I'm so thankful for you. Well, as we talked a little bit before, you have had a lot of weight loss success in the past following a diet plan. Weight Watchers in particular, we both have lost a lot of weight on Weight Watchers. Do you have any concerns about going more in the intuitive direction? Because a lot of times our bodies will rebound with some weight gain while you're going through this process. Do you have any concern about I it? already went through that rebound weight gain. I gained 20 pounds since March. Mm -hmm. 
from I, I, I got to my goal weight in April of 2012 and I reached lifetime in May of 2012 and I white knuckled it and I stayed in what I call diet hell prison. Yeah, I know. It really was. It, I, it was so rigid. I couldn't go out to eat. I, the, I felt like I couldn't go out to eat. Um, I ate very low carb. Uh, like I would use a quarter cup of rice and three quarters cups of riced cauliflower. So I felt like I was eating a lot, but it was really cauliflower, you know? Well, the first part of the year, I tried Weight Watchers Simply Filling Plan, mm -hmm. and I started eating a lot of more carbs, and I regained 20 pounds quite quickly. So I carried that until, this is September now, so yeah. July, and I struggled with it mentally. And I think in a July is about when I started really getting interested in the intuitive eating thing. Um, honestly, and I say the word light or easy very vaguely, but I have maintained this weight pretty easy. Like I haven't, my body's just staying here. I don't feel like I'm restricting too much. I don't feel like I'm in what I call diet hell prison and my body's staying here. Is it a weight that I want to be at? No. Why? Because somebody said I shouldn't be at this weight, but I'm comfortable. I feel happy. I like the way I can eat. I I don't know. It feels good. I, I do. And I never used to believe in the whole set point. Your body has a set point. Well, I think I'm learning that I really do because I've tried dieting down. I've tried. I've, I've had bad weeks where I ate way off the rails. My weight just seems to stay within five pounds of 180. Like I go down to 176 and I've gone up to 184 but I stay right there. And I want to say effortlessly, but do you know what I mean by that? I'm yeah. not saying it's effortlessly. I have to be mindful. I'm not eating raw cookie dough balls for two <laughs> weeks, but I'm not restricting myself either. And, you know, you asked me um, if I had concerns or if I fear intuitive eating and weight gain or anything. I have to tell you, I'm pretty compulsive in many ways of my life, and I'm a tracker, a list maker, a points counter by nature, and the last time I tracked anything was August 31st. Wow. I have not tracked since August Congrats. 31st. That's really amazing. Yes. And the first Saturday was September 6th, and I lost 1.4 pounds. I weighed in yesterday, which was the 13th of September, and I gained 0.4, which in my reality, that's that maintaining. That is maintaining. That's nothing. So I'm like, two weeks, I haven't tracked. I'm totally relying on intuitive eating, totally, 100%. The only thing I haven't given up was the scale, which is that is one of the things in the, in the intuitive eating guiding principles is to give up the scale. I haven't quite <laughs> got there yet. Well, as you know, I had a real struggle with that myself. That took me forever. I know, and you inspired me. Somebody challenged me to a 30-day no-scale challenge, and I just, I'm scared. I'm scared. It's a tough one. I want to get there, though, but I just, for me, as, as rigid as I am and controlled and just OCD to not track has been, it was scary, but I just, I knew to get over my obsession a little bit, I had to do it. And if I'm really going to do intuitive eating and really try to listen to my body, I had to do it. It feels really good. 
it feels really good. But it's scary at the same time. Thank you. Congratulations, Donnie. And we'll have to touch base again in another month or so and see how it's going. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping. So thanks for talking with me today. Absolutely. Have a good day. Not bad. I had a blast chatting with Donnie and proved that I can get it to work for recording for the show. So if you, Brave Companion, would be willing to chat with me over Skype, just email me at laurie at compulsiveovereatingdiary.com or use the contact form on the website and we will set it up. For Sue, Helen, Stephanie from Germany or others from around the world, Skype over your computer should be absolutely free and I'm willing, I am, I'm very willing to get up in the middle of the night if you would like to chat with me. Just let me know and we will have another way to get to know and support each other. So if you have Skype already, it's just coordination, okay? But if you don't have Skype, you can check it out at skype.com and see if that's something you'd like to do. So as I get ready to rest my voice and gargle and prepare for my second voice lesson, I want to leave you with this thought that all feelings are just information. Good feelings are letting you know that your life is on a path right now in this moment that is to be appreciated and savored. And sad, bad feelings are giving you information that there's something that you need to either address or to change or to work through in order to let it go and to continue on living your life full of happiness and vigor and energy. And let's not let food rule us. Let's have the life that we want. Until next time, brave companions, take good care because I care. I'm a slave without a master, heading for disaster, kicking up the dust in the middle of the road. I've been waiting on a free ride, ticket to a seaside thicket on the edge of Puget Sound. Letting go.